Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Amen. Glad you came to the Lord's house today. Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go over to John, John's Gospel, the 14th chapter. John's Gospel, the 14th chapter. Amen. We had folks scattered about yesterday, some down in prison, doing ministry. They weren't arrested, they were doing ministry. You know, the folks out uh, in the park just ministering the love of God, and so I just, I'm, I'm so proud. I mean, is that okay for me to say? I'm proud. I'm proud of uh, people that want to go out and express the love of Jesus. Fix my collar. Which one? Is that better? Uh, could you excuse me? We got a wardrobe malfunction. Do y'all feel better? <laughs> See, anybody married to a spouse that has this long list of things that just kind of just a... Anyway. <laughs> Lord God, give them grace beyond measure. <clears throat> Let's look at John, the 14th chapter. John, the 14th chapter. Now, as we begin here... Um, I just want to say, as the Lord instructed me back in, we were in Mexico in November, the Lord, Lord spoke to me and said, go teach my people to live in context of community, and not in the community of Greenville, but in the in context of believers living in community. And so we've started down this vein, but I cannot get away from, and where I've landed is in, the, in the, the, our, our common unity and the foundation. See, we're building a house, or God has built the house, and we're the house. We're the dwelling place of the Most High God. But see, we got to get the foundation right. If we want to see the world one for Christ, we've got to know who Christ is. And, and our common unity is Jesus Christ and his completed work. And I, I can't just, I can't get away from that. And so, I'm just going to take it as the Lord and just keep plowing in in these areas. That's why we're taking communion for the next three months. Because I, I, want to, I believe with all of my heart there needs, to be a, there needs to be an understanding of the completed work so that you have a, not just a receptacle to receive, but also you have a, a means by which you can go and now deliver the message of Jesus Christ. Father, I come before you, Lord, today and just ask, Lord, for your help. Holy Spirit, I need you. Lord, to speak beyond my words, speak beyond my understanding. But Lord, pierce the heart, God. Just impel us with the good news. And Lord, I just want to magnify your name. And Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord, that you have called us, Lord God, not slaves, but sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, we want to live like we know you in Jesus' name. I want you to look here in John 14. Here is Jesus, and it's getting to the final hours where it's like, guys, you, you've got to know this. <laughs> you, you've got to understand what it, what, it's, what it is that we're doing here. And so he, he asked them questions, and the disciples asked him questions, and, and he, he, he wants to punctuate the, the reason for his being and make sure that they, they understand their purpose on earth. 
And now in John 14, we're coming into the final hours before Jesus is going to be crucified, before he's going to be arrested and crucified. But I want you to look here in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now notice, this provokes a question. This provokes Thomas to think. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus stops him and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is where I want to get to in verse 7. If you had known me, if you have known me, you would have known my Father also. For from now on, you know him and have seen him. Let that stop. Let's breathe here just a minute. What is he saying? If you see me, you've seen the Father. The unseeable is now seeable. He's incarnate. Jesus Christ is God. And he reveals the Father. Now Philip said to him, Lord, Why am I so dumb? <laughs> Lord, I must have fallen and hit my head. No, that's my translation. Some of you are like, write that down. I'm tweeting that one. Do we still tweet? I don't even know. So, huh? Anyway, whatever. Lord, show us the Father. It is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? How important is this understanding? Jesus is asking his disciples, how is it I've been with you so long, day and night? We have wakened at the campfire, and I have breathed your morning breath. We have caught fish together. You've seen the miracles. You've walked with me. You've talked with me. You've seen all of the expressions that I've had and how many times have I mentioned the Father to you guys. John records that he mentioned the Father 130 times just in the book of John. And over and over and over again, he's declaring, and he's, and you guys are still asking to see the Father? I've been with you, I've walked with you, I've talked with you, I've ministered with you, and yet 
you act like you don't even know me? Is the church today living like they don't even know him? Now, we understand the great reformist. Call his name. <laughs> Just like right there. Martin Luther. You left him up there. The spirit of forgetfulness. Oh no. Martin Luther. Martin Luther, and he had, his, he had his good and he had his bad, okay? But one thing he did, he came in and he was just so morose and he was just walking around like the world was resting upon his shoulders and acting just all miserable. And his wife came in, she put on her mourning clothes and she said, what are you doing? Who died? She said, well, God died. He said, you're crazy. What do you mean God died? God can't die. He, he, Jesus died and rose again the third day. He's not dead. She said, well, then stop living like he is. It's time you take your mourning clothes off and start living like you know him. Living like we understand that you didn't get here on your own. You didn't just plop yourself on the, on the seat and just decide that, hey, I'm going to get here. God strategically and purposely placed you in this generation, in this hour, in this moment in time in history. Because he has a plan and a purpose for the kingdom of God coming to you and through you. And I believe it is time that we stop and take a breath and look at the very evidence of the Lord God in the Word, in Scripture, on the cross. And, and then we take the experiences that we have. And no, we do not. We do not create doctrine out of our experience. We, we confirm the doctrine through our experiences. That God is real. And He didn't bring us this far to let us go. And I believe it is time, folks, that we seek after and we go after God. I understand that. I understand going after God. But many times in our pursuit after God, we forget we know Him. What if we started living like we really know Him? What if we start living like, wait a minute, He is the Son of God. Wait a minute. He did come to reveal the Father. How vital is this to know that God is known in us? How important is this understanding? We see in John 17, turn there with me if you will. John 17, 1 through 3. Jesus' prayer. Jesus spoke these words, lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify, glorify your son. For what reason? That your son may glorify you. As you have given him authority over how much flesh? All flesh. That he should give, see this, he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is the part I want you to see. This is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent how important is it for you to know God Jesus defines it as eternal life Hebrews tells us in 
chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. A new covenant will I make with the house of Israel. I will write my laws upon their heart. And it goes on to say in verse 11, all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Uh, take out the heart of stone. He's going to write it upon hearts of flesh. Everyone is going to know me. What is eternal life? It is knowing God. He didn't call us slaves. He calls us sons and daughters. And as many as would receive him, John 1 and 17, to them he gave the power to become children of God. My Lord. So we can house this knowledge of understanding that God is, Jesus Christ is God and he's come to reveal the Father. Man, so what is your purpose? Not your assignment. What is your purpose on earth? To know him and to make him known. That is your purpose. Now, you may have an assignment like Jesse leading worship. What is her purpose? To know him and make him known. What is her assignment? Her assignment is to lead worship. As she's knowing him, and the deeper she enters into that relationship with him, and the deeper that she gives her heart to God, the more the revelation of Christ comes through her ministry. What is the ministry of Andrea, and of Liz, and of Tim, and of Maude, and, and, and Shelby, and Clint, and those that are in this room that are involved in any assigned ministry? Their purpose is to know him, but their purpose is to make him known. Their assignment may be a position or maybe a, a, an area of the body of Christ. Don't get your assignment confused with your purpose. Many people want an assignment. They're calling it, this is my purpose. But if I stop preaching at Crossroads Assembly of God, which I don't relish the thought, but if God called me to another place tomorrow, I cannot put all of my identity on what my assignment is. That's not my purpose. It's my assignment. But my purpose is to be a child of the king and to know him. See, because the value of knowing him is whenever I come to know him and the deeper I experience the knowledge of him, the deeper the revelation that he opens to me of who he is, the more I understand who I am. Mm. See, why do, we, why do we harp on, why are we dogmatic about you being in the word? Why do we challenge you to get into the book? Why do we challenge you to get into the word of God? Why is it important to have a, a complete overview? My daughter took the 90-day challenge, my oldest. She told her mother the other day, she said, I, I didn't know if I could do it. She said, I was reluctant, and I didn't want to step in to do the 90-day challenge. She said, now I've done it, I found out I can do it. And she said, I not only found out that I, I can do it, I'm asking myself, what can I do? 
What can't I do for the Lord? What can, what, what, what couldn't I do if, if, I, if I took this challenge? How many of you have discovered that? Wait a minute, I can really do this. I can really read the Bible in 90 days. You can find out, you can read it quicker than that if you so desire. And hear me though, the point I'm trying to make is this. You get into the Word of God, but now you begin to see the overlay of the book. You begin to see the overlay of the story. You begin to see how that from the beginning God weaves His plan all the way through human history till you get to the other side. And then we can, we can sum it up, I believe, in the book of John. And we began here with the verse that I just showed you as we talk about our purpose on earth. We see there in the word of the Lord in John 1 and 12. But as many as receive him, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe. So Jesus came. God Walking on earth, God incarnate, every bit human, but every bit God. He walks on earth to give us the power to become children of God. Why the reference of rocks? Because the Lord is saying what was absolutely impossible on the human side of the equation can only be possible by the supernatural convergence of God and man. Of God and man. See, salvation is not just a, I come when I want and I make a prayer and I do good and I modify my behavior a little bit and then I go out and I just do, do whatever it is I want to do. God's not the least bit interested in behavioral modification. And I will say to you today, morality will never produce righteousness. It will not. Are you saying we're not supposed to be moral? I believe we should be the most moral people on the planet earth. But morality will not produce righteousness. But righteousness will always produce morality. When we enter into the relationship with God, now we understand that nothing we could do could ever create within us, in and of ourselves, enough to warrant us escaping eternal damnation and living as children of God by our own behavior and our own works. Why? Because we are flawed by nature. It is our very nature that will not allow a perfect sacrifice. So no matter how hard you try, you cannot be good enough to make it into the kingdom of God. And so it should lead you to the place where all of a sudden you're angst because because you understand I am a sinner and I am bound to hell and no matter what I do I cannot get, escape the inevitable doom that I face and that is called conviction and when you come under conviction you have only one recourse for salvation and that one recourse will lead you to Calvary, the cross. And when you find yourself there, all of a sudden, wait a minute. 
I can't do it, but he's already done it. And so now I accept his sacrifice as being sufficient. And I plead with God to say, Lord, forgive me where I am a sinner. I am a man who is undone. I need a Savior. Oh, God, save me or kill me, but don't leave me in my sin. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to be a child of the King. Oh, God, save me. I surrender all. Past, present, and future. That rock gets a heartbeat. Now you get up and whoa. Oh, things look different because you're different. Oh, things look different because you really are different. Oh, why? Because your nature's changed. And you go try to step back over the line and get off the boundaries of, 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 the, of, the, of God's homestead, if you will. Step outside of the estate of God. Find yourself in a pig pen. Eating a bunch of profane things that you don't need to eat and doing a bunch of stuff you don't need to do and looking at a bunch of stuff you don't need to look at. Now you're ruined from ever being the same blind sinner that didn't care before. Now you can't do it. You can't smoke that pipe you used to smoke. You can't pour that that glass anymore and drink it and not feel something about it. Don't stay there too long. Amen? He ain't stuck with you. He don't need me as near as much as I need him. Amen? I'm in this thing by privilege. It didn't rise and fall on me. The Lord takes me home tomorrow. There'll be 600 resumes flowing in. God can... He can plant somebody here in a minute. He can raise somebody up out of here, do 10 times whatever thought I could do. It doesn't rise and fall on me. It's him, amen? We're here living on grace. Don't think that your, your seat is permanent and you got your, your title lead on that. God don't need you. Max, he can call the rocks out. If you won't praise him, he'll call the rocks out and they'll begin to praise him. Amen. We don't have the assemblies. God don't have the corner market on the Pentecost experience. It is God's kingdom. We're just a one facet in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So we got here. We start out as Jesus comes. The book of John tells us 129 times that I look up the concordance that there is mention of the Father. So... I would say that the book of John, his theme is the Father. Amen? And revealing the Father, the unseen God coming into the reality of the seen world through his expression, his son, Jesus Christ. Living expression. The Word of God. And he gives us the ability to become his children. In fact, when you pray, don't pray, most holy potentate. I come as a humble worm, tired of eating dust. No, he said, when you pray, pray this way. Our 
Father, our Father, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Are you praying that prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will, I can't pray the will of God for you. I can't pray the will of, I can't, can't, let me put it this way, I can't invoke the will of God in your life. I can provoke, but I can't evoke. (laughs) I can't provoke, I can't evoke. In other words, I cannot make your decisions for you. I can only provoke you to good works. I can only try to inspire you to good works. I can only... Go and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit set me on fire and come and let you watch me burn. I can't burn for you. I can throw the flame at you, but if there's nothing to catch the fire, if there's no receptacle, there could be a flood of the Holy Ghost in here. But, but if you hadn't made your valley full of ditches, you, then there's nowhere for it to, it's just going to be runoff. I'm not willing to live in runoff. I want to see an outpouring of the Spirit where we don't, we stop living full and we start living overflowing with the abundance of God. Amen? Is that too much to ask from an eternal God who loves you and loves the world outside? I think not. Amen. I'm not just looking at your kids. I'm looking at your grandkids and your great-grandkids and every generation. My Lord, I want to leave something for my babies. I want to leave something for my little ones because if the Lord doesn't, if he tarries, I don't believe this world's going to get any better. I believe it's on a crash course to hell and I want to leave something. I'm praying that God will raise up some firebrands in my house that God will raise my grandbabies when they go into school. They say, thus says the Lord. I'm praying for a wisdom that when they walk in and they hear of all the indoctrination of the world, they stand up and say, that emperor is naked. <laughs> you, heard the, you heard the story of the emperor's clothes? How many's heard it? Little children's story. These guys show up. Swindlers. They walk in. This is a parable. It's not real. Just a story. They show up and they say, Oh, this emperor who is so vain, he loves the apparel. He loves his, his outfits. And these guys hear about it. So they show up and they said, Emperor, we have these clothes and they're so special that only the most elite people in the world can see this. Do you think you could see that? Oh, I'm part of the elite. So they open up their wardrobe case, it's completely empty. Do you see this? Oh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Well, we're going to sell this. And all the astute and all the people said, yes, we can can see. We can see. So the emperor puts his new clothes on. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, just get your imaginary king. Don't, Okay. So he's riding through the streets. Everybody's going on. Beautiful. I can see it. It was the wisdom of a child that looked at it and said, a king's naked. I ain't that. I'm this. How do I know? Because I was born with it. 
That makes me that. Just saying. So John starts out, until I forget about the summation of purpose to end, to assignment and purpose and what. So he starts out, he says, I've given you the right, the ability, the access by which you can become a child of God. Become, not that you are, but you can become the child of God. You can receive eternal life. What is eternal life according to what Jesus prayed in John 17? To know him, to know the Father through the sacrifice of the Son, to enter in. Now, the Bible says in John 3 and 35, he says, Jesus said, the Father loves the Son. He understands that when you're a son of God, that you are loved by the Father. See, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defining my theology through my experiences. I'm confirming doctrine of the Word of God through by my experiences. So it doesn't matter what my natural father, stepfather, those that are around try to impute the hatred upon me. Because according to the word of God, if the father loves the son, and now I've entered in and I'm a son, then it tells me that God loves me. Woo! Somebody ought to breathe that in deep this morning. Amen? We're going somewhere. Stay with me. The hour comes and the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So, what we have here at the very end of John, John 17. Here, Mary meets him at the tomb. Jesus is resurrected. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father. Notice this, John, 17, John 20 and 17. I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. Last verse, John 20 and 21. Jesus said to them again, he's commissioning, he's commissioning. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Eternal life is to know the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. All shall know me from the least to the greatest. In fact, I'm going to pour my spirit out, and your old men are going to dream dreams, young men are going to see visions. I'm going to pour it out upon your sons and your daughters, and they're going to prophesy upon the slave and, and the, everybody. It's, it, the Spirit of God is going to pour out. And in the pouring out, there's going to come a knowledge of eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. And in that knowledge becomes eternal life that all of a sudden I understand who I am through him. See, Jesus is the example for us, but ultimately he is meant to become the example of us. So 
he leads us. We follow him. We listen to his voice. Philip, stay with me, son. Stay with me. Track with me. Can you not see? I don't know if Philip in that moment had the revelation or after the Spirit came on him, but, but in that moment, he is there and he's like, show us the Father. He's like, ah, if you see me, you've seen the Father. And if you can see the Father, now you understand that I'm telling you to, that you are a child of God. So then when the world sees you, they should see me in you, and thus they will see the Father. Amen. So just as I have called you to know me, now I need you to go and carry this message of relationship. Show. you move forward. See, I I think we've been so perplexed in living in this clouded mindset of a continual pursuit of God who lives inside of here. And we begin to live like we don't even know him. Anybody ever show up to a meeting or a conference or a, a setting and you walk in and you forget you know God? You walk in and you sit down and you're like, I need to receive you, I need to receive you, I need to receive you. need to set yourself up in position of reception. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we so often we forgo everything that God has done for us. And then we act like in our daily living that we don't even know him. That he's some, he's some far off distant place that, that when Jesus ascended into heaven that somehow he didn't send his spirit back to live inside of our heart. And, 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 and we, are, we, we, we get into these mindsets like I can't hear the voice of God and I, I don't know his will for my life. And I, I'm looking for, through all the lens of expectation and I'm needing God to do this and I'm needing God to do that. And, and what we fail to realize is we get so busy like Martha that we get so encumbered by the things around us that we forget to sit it his feet just to receive his word and we live like we don't know him and when we start living like we don't know him then we start acting like we don't know him (laughs) because you're going to live what you believe the Lord spoke to me in a revival setting that we were ministering at and it was a camp meeting style thing and that's Biggest reference I could bring to it. Multiple speakers are in there. We're in is at Glorious Church and Fajardo down in Corpus Christi, and it was <laughs> they were having night sessions and day sessions, night session, day session. We were there on a Friday morning, I think it was. Might have been, a, I think it was a Friday, maybe a Tuesday. I don't know. It was just, or, it was a 10 a.m. meeting. You know, there's not, you don't anticipate a lot of people. There wasn't a handful of people in that room. There were probably 20 people in that room, maybe. Spirit of God fell in that place. Now, I've been slaying the Spirit, and I don't give courtesy falls. In other words, I, people say, why did you fall down? It's because I could not stand up. <laughs> but I'm not going to give a courtesy fall, you know, because a lot of times I just don't like to fall down. <laughs> I'm not resistant to it, you know. But So we're standing there, and I'm holding Andrew's hand. She's holding um, Patty Love's hand, and Patty's holding her husband Dean's hand, and Gloria's getting ready. The Spirit of God's moving. Man, it's just heavy, powerful. We're holding hands, and the power of God hit all four of us at the same time. We didn't, we fall back or forward. 
We fell forward. Superman died. <laughs> Together. It was a it was a group fall. It wasn't provoked, it was just like it was like instantaneous, all together. But in that, you see, when I'm laying there, I want to say, Lord, you want to say something? <laughs> you got my attention. Do you want to say something? See, because if I don't get up different than what I did when I fail, then what's the point in falling? But the Lord spoke something to me. It took me a while as I chewed on it. I even prayed about it and preached it here. He said, I want you to know what I know. Feel what I feel. I want to share life with you. It sounded a little bit big for me. To know what you know. Do you know how much you know? <laughs> you know a lot. He knows it all. But what was the Lord saying in that? I want you to know who you are because you know who I am. I want you to feel what I feel. See, emotions, folks, are not a bad thing. They're just indicators. Okay? Emotions, feelings are not, are not bad. They're just tell me where I'm at. If you get pain in your body, that te- your body's telling you something's going on, you need to fix it. That something's going on and it needs correction. That's what that pain is there for. So that you can act upon that pain to bring correction to whatever it is that you're feeling. Now, but when you feel that sense of rejection in your life, Don't chide yourself for feeling rejection and shame. Just say, there's something hurting in me, and I need God to help me fix this. It's an indicator. It is a messaging system God gives you. And the Lord said, I want you to feel what I feel. What does he want us to feel? He wants us to feel his love, his acceptance, his security. That's what he wants us to feel. He wants us to feel that we are truly children of God and we belong to him. And he doesn't want us to leave him in the temple like his parents did. He wants you to take him with you every moment of every day. That you become the vehicle. You become the housing That's a good thought, Jesus. You'll make us temples of what? The Holy Spirit. And where we go, he goes. And what he sees, we see. And what he does, we do. And now all of a sudden, say, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless the Father shows me. I believe he's referring to everything in the old covenant. Everything that Jesus did is what the Father showed him there in in the instructions. 
But I do believe we can be led by the Spirit of God and God can show us not just one day, but every day. God's desire is that we may know Him. And Paul said everything else by comparison is waste. It's dung. It's trash. Throw it away. What I want to know is Him. I want to know the fellowship of His suffering and the power of His resurrection. I will give everything and all things just so that I can walk in the knowledge of Him. Child of God. Child of God. It's time you stop living like you don't know Him. You know Jesus is coming. You know that your days are numbered. You know that you can live a long life, but unless the Lord tarry or, or take you away like he did Enoch, sweep you away like he did Elijah, you've got an appointment that you're going to, to meet. You're going to face him. You're going to live. You are eternal beings. That's why God said, young people, hear me. Hear me. You see a young person sleeping, just nudge them, nudge them a minute until them wake up. you got to hear this. Why should you not have relations with someone that you're not in covenant with? Let me put it where you can understand it. Why should you not be sleeping? Any little ones? Why should you not have sexual relationships with someone you're not married to? I've got to ask you this question. Where do babies come from? No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. <laughs> they come through the, the, the union. <laughs> That's too good, Jerry. <laughs> You won't know what she said, but I'll tell you after. <clears throat> but why? Because you have the potential of bringing an eternal being into the world. Are you ready to steward an eternal being without a covenant? Because when that eternal being comes into existence, it never ever ceases to exist. There's a responsibility. And see, if we lived like we knew him, and we really truly knew that we will stand before our Father one day, we will kneel before the throne of God and we will lay our crowns before him. If we know this, why would we ever live like we didn't know that? And if we know God is coming, we're going to give an account. But here's the beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. This is eternal life. That they may know you.
Stop striving for your assignment. Strive to know him. And you will start making him known. And if there's a position that God wants you to take, he will say, hey, come here. Samuel, go to Jesse's house. Those boys, no, nope, 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 nope. Lord, you told me to come here. Where's the king? You told me to anoint the king. I'm here at Jesse's house. There's six sons standing before me. And he's like, no. Let me tell you, most often you don't get called sitting at the house. Go get the one in the field. Okay, thank you for not provoking me. I was getting ready to preach a whole other message. But anyway, (laughs) y'all see my tricks. I thought, give me a little bit, I'll go for it. They went and got the one out in the field, and they brought him in. And God said, you may look on the external, but I look on the heart. I look at the one who's out there playing the harp and worshiping me. I'm the one, I, worship, I, I, I call the one that's willing to protect when nobody's looking and worship when nobody's looking. That's the one I'm after. I'm looking for the one in the field, and you're, everybody else is sitting at the house looking for promotion. Give me an assignment. Give me an assignment. Why don't you just be faithful where you're at, know him, and build your relationship with God? And now all of a sudden, the Lord will say, yeah, yeah I've got an assignment for him. He is going to be a giant killing king over my nation, over all of my nation, and he's going to destroy, and I'm going to measure every other king to him because his heart is mine Mm. to know him we're going to do this right now Holy Spirit we love you Holy Spirit we love you oh we just thank you right now Lord, search the hearts today. Search the hearts today, Lord. Search the hearts today, Lord. Father, we worship you. Holy, 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 holy God. Holy God. Holy God. Holy God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. I want you to stand, if you will. We're going to wait just a minute more on the... You may think, what are you doing, preacher? I'm... I don't want to mess things up, church. I don't want to zig when he wants to zag. I don't want to move. I just want to wait a minute. Why? Because you're important to him. Your eternity is important to him. Where you're at is important to him. Lord, I just want to praise you. I just want to thank you, Lord. Just a moment, we're going to partake of communion. But I just feel an overwhelming sense that there's somebody in the house. 
is listening. And after Andrea's discourse and after the message today, you walked in and there's just, there's an unsettledness in your heart. You know that you're not ready to meet God. Why? Because you don't know Him. I'm not asking you to come in so I can give you a whole list of things that you could do and do better so that you can have the persona that you're okay. I don't want you to put any security in what you're able to do. I want you to fall, surrender to a living God and say, Lord, transform me into a child of the King. That's the offer. The offer is you die, he resurrects. You die, he gets up on the inside of you. You're no longer alone. You now become the habitation of God. God walks with you. God talks with you. God lives inside of you. But it comes at the moment of surrender. If you're in this house, wide-eyed open, and you say, that's me. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to know God. I'm not asking for religion. I want a relationship with God. I want to know Him. I want to know the God that you're talking about. I am the one that right now, I want you to step out. I'm going to meet you right here. I'm going to pray with you, and then we're going to go back and partake of communion. If that's you, it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your age, whether you're young or old or somewhere in between, it makes no difference. If your name is on the membership list of this church, if you don't know God, now come and let me introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come right over here. Listen. Andrew's going to pray with you just a moment. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to surrender. That's me. I'm ready to surrender. Come on, we're not going to rush this moment, church. It's too important. If you're in this house, if you're in the balcony, if you're sitting out in the foyer, if you're listening online, it makes me no difference. If you are here and you're saying, this message is for me, I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And come on, come on, come on, worship team, come help them out a little bit. Begin to play. Begin to just play something softly as God begins to touch of hearts right now. Come on. Come on, I want to know him. It wasn't religious performance that ever changed my life. It was an encounter with the living God. God changed me whenever I surrendered and asked in repentance. I said, Lord, come into my heart and save me. Is that you today? The spirit of repentance is right now reaching out, not pulling you in. Oh, come on, church, lift your hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Oh, my God. Lord, let them respond. Let them surrender. Let them give up. Let them, Lord God, move. Oh, Father, we ask it in your name. We ask believing, Lord, today. Mighty is the Lamb. Mighty is the King. Mighty is the living God. If you're in this house today, right now, come on, come on. Begin to worship the Lord. Joseph, just begin to play right now, if you will. Oh, merciful God. Merciful God, we love you and thank you, Lord God. Lord, we surrender. Lord, we can pray the prayer. And Lord, that prayer is powerful, Lord God. If it is, Lord God, backed up by our surrender and our true repentance. 
Lord God, it is the avenue. It is by faith, Lord God, we receive. And Lord, we make confession with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you are Lord and Savior and King of all. Oh God, we submit. Lift your hands in praise today. Just magnify the Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you, Lord God. As you're standing there, put your hands down so the ushers can see you. If you would like to participate in communion and you did not get the, the emblems, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers are right there, right over here my far right. Anyone else? I have one right here. Keep your hand raised, Caden. I'll get to you. Anyone else? Anybody in the balcony there? Right over here, uh, Robert. Keep, keep your hands up high so they can see you. Right back here at the very back. Very back, Keith. No, 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 no. no. He's worshiping. Okay. I thank God for discernment. want to make sure everybody gets served. Right over here. Oh, 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 right here. Right here, guys. Uh-huh. I got one.
this, this may be new to you guys. If the, the bread's on the bottom. I'd encourage you to take that out first. One of Jesus' final acts on earth to punctuate his death, burial, and point to his resurrection and his ascension. He said, as he broke bread, they drank the cup. Around a meal, wasn't 613 laws they had to fulfill. It was a meal. We call that meal communion. Textbook definition of communion is this. The sharing of intimate thoughts and feelings. Do you share intimate thoughts and feelings with strangers? You have conversation, as I talked about Wednesday night, but that conversation, the deeper you get into your relationships, the deeper the conversation necessitates. I'm going to have a conversation with my wife I will never have with you that are out here. My close friends, I have a level of communication with them that I don't have with perfect strangers. But the conversations I have with God, many, no one will ever know. Because it is the deepest, richest, most valuable relationship in my life. So the deeper The greater the relationship, the deeper the conversation. Jesus is having a conversation, sharing his intimate thoughts with them, called communion. This is my body, broken for you, church. That bread is not his body just a symbol but it is to remind us of his body that was broken for us not his bones not a single bone was broken and he said as often as you do this in this reverential setting Remember, Brian, what he did for you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for what this bread represents. Lord, we thank you for your perfect sacrifice. Sacrifice we could never make. But a sacrifice you made. And then you welcome us into that sacrifice by us putting our faith in what you have done. And now all good, Lord God, in us and through us comes from you. Thank you for doing this for me. Let us eat.
It's interesting to me as I read through the laws. The Lord said, do not drink the blood, for the life is in the blood. So we look at that, we're like the life of an animal, is its blood. It's the blood flow. And then we're not to drink the, the blood of those sacrifices. But when Jesus came, he kind of spun it on its ear, didn't he? He said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. He forbid them from drinking the blood of the sacrificial animals that could only atone, and he welcomes you to take his life within him by accepting his sacrifice as sufficient. He said, unless you eat my blood, eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life. There's no power in this cup. The powers and what he has done. And I accept it through faith. This is just a reminder that life is in him. And his blood is for the forgiveness of my sins. Lord, thank you for what this cup represents. You're going to do it, aren't you, Lord? You're, you're going to do it, aren't you, Lord? You're going to bring revival of communion. You're going to pour your spirit out as the church understands the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we commit before we drink this cup that we're going to live like we know you. And Lord, you're going to reveal to us such greater measures because you're looking for hearts that you can strongly support that, Lord God, are yours. I just thank you, Lord, today for this cup. Holy Spirit, thank you for your witness that you're bringing revival. Thank you. Let us drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mighty is the Lamb. Mighty is the Lord. Come on and praise Him, church. Amen. Praise God. Those of you that would like to be water baptized, we had an orientation meeting last week. Some of you missed, and, and so it had been requested that we would offer that orientation again. Water baptism is going to be next Sunday, right after service. And so if you would like to be water baptized, please meet me in room 103. It's the first classroom out down the hall to my right, your left. Uh, if you'll meet me there right now. Also, the ladies, uh, women's ministry are taking a day trip on February the, the 23rd. If you haven't signed up but you would like to sign up, it's in the foyer. All the information you need is, is out there. And if you need further details, you can contact Melissa Coyne. Her number and information is out there. Also, our annual business meeting is coming up for all the voting members. That's going to be next Sunday night uh, at 5 p.m. We do have a little gift for all of our voting members, so I want you to come. you got to come to find out what that is. Are you trying to entice us? That's exactly what I'm doing. 
And so come on, we do have a gift for you, and we want to. We we are voting on three positions, uh, one uh, running uncontested, and so the other two positions are on the overhead and out in the foyer. All the names of the candidates that have gone through the screening committee are there, and so please be prayerful, prayerfully consider each one of them. I want to say welcome to all of our guests today. Thank you for coming. I hope that you felt the presence of God and that God's touch. Uh, uh, that you walk out of here knowing him in a deeper, richer way. I'm going to ask Brian Davis, come here and dismiss us in prayer today. Come on. God bless you. We appreciate you being here today. Dear Lord, most, dear Lord, most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your sacrifice on Calvary, Lord. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for this day. We look forward to meeting in this house again, Lord, and coming together in communion and community with you and what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.